Welcome to another episode of New Teacher Talk. We're here to support you. Our podcast channel is intentionally designed to support those who are new to teaching. We talk about the most common challenges that educators experience, and you will find a community of support through our podcast episodes on Instagram at New Teacher Talk and Twitter at New Teacher Talk One. We're your hosts. I'm Dr. Anna. My passion is supporting teachers as they establish and expand their practice to build long and fulfilling careers. I'm a board-certified early childhood generalist. And I'm Dr. Beth, former high school band director and current career and teacher educator. A passion that's deeply important to me is the retention of new teachers. If you're listening to this podcast, either you are or will be a new teacher in the near future or maybe you're a new teacher mentor or induction coordinator. Today, we have a well-published and respected educator as our guest to talk about family school relationship building, Dr. Lydia Grizzle-Short. Welcome, Lydia. Would you please introduce yourself and tell us how you got interested in family school relationship building? Absolutely. And I really appreciate that you used the term family as opposed to parent. Not every child has a parent, but every child has some sort of a family. I appreciate you doing that. I am an assistant professor at Northern Illinois University in the area of special education. Because I'm a teacher, as a special educator, I have to work with lots of families. I just got very interested in how they come together and how resilient they are and how they support their children and the importance that they play and in this child's educational trajectory. Being a part of that, watching students learn from their parents or their family members and become more engaged in school because of that relationship, it kind of lit a fire in in me and it made me want to look at how families can support their children and extend learning because learning doesn't really happen in a vacuum and it certainly doesn't happen only in one space like a school or a classroom. It really happens across a child's experience through life. And families are a real big part of that. It's so important as a special educator to also help families navigate the difficulties that they might have in finding supports for their students as well. I would agree. I think one of the things that's important about supporting families as they're looking for those resources and those connections is to be, as a teacher, available and attempt to make connections with the family. And I think as a teacher, I have to remember that not everyone comes to school with the same level of passion or the same level of excitement um, or knowledge that I might have had or somebody else might have. It's important to kind of meet families where they're at and understand that the more we create environments that are welcoming and inclusive, respecting the fact that every family does things a little bit differently and asking families what they need, asking how we can be a connector is a way to embrace families and bring them back into school. Lydia, what's interesting is that some of our listeners are going to be special education teachers. Some of them are also grade level teachers or content area specialists. Like if they're at the secondary level, they might be a social studies teacher or a band director or a math teacher. Why is it so important 
for them to build relationships between families and schools? When you think about a child's lived experience and you think about the fact that learning does not happen in a vacuum, it happens in multiple environments, then it allows us to realize the impact that a family has. When a family does not feel connected to the school, when they feel that their voice is not heard, when they are maybe uncomfortable because they weren't very successful in school themselves, then that makes them more distant. If the family is, if English is their second language, if they've had other life experiences outside of the United States, I'm thinking right now of the impact of what's happening in our world. People are relocating because they have to. Schools are done differently in every country, even in every state. What we know in the research is that families are their child's first teacher. And what's amazing is that families still play a role in their child's development and learning, even when the child becomes a middle school or high school student or even post-secondary. There's still some sort of involvement that happens they're important in that. And I think sometimes, especially when we're working with older students, it's easy to think, oh, the, the family's not interested. They're not going to come. They're not going to do this. The research actually shows that families are very involved, even in middle school and high school. It just looks a little different. When families feel that their voice counts, when families feel that they have something to add, when they feel that they're going to be listened to, then they're going to be more involved. And so that is part of that relationship, you know, explaining, sharing, not talking down to family members, but really explaining what it is that you're doing, how you're doing it so that they can be an advocate in their child's life and they can be involved in what's happening in the school, regardless if they're in kindergarten, preschool, all the way up through high school and graduation. There are things that families teach their children that you and I as teachers will never be able to teach. It's not one of the core subjects that we're, we're supposed to be teaching, but there is a relationship and background knowledge that those children can pull from and into the classroom. So that relationship between families and schools, between families and teachers is invaluable. And if there is a break in the two, then the child is kind of lost in the middle and they lose in their relationship in school and they lose in their relationship with the home. So when families and schools come together and work collaboratively, even through tough things, they're really empowering the child to grow and develop. It's a shared responsibility. One of the things I hear you really talking about in these ideas, they point to what Nell Noddings refers to as this care the care in the classroom, the care of families and how you connect with families and help them to connect with schools. Another area that I heard you talking about, Lydia, was this fact that we have to take people from where they're coming from. Maybe they are not used to the school system. Maybe they're here from another country or they relocated from a different part of the United States to a different area where things maybe run differently. So I really value that. I think you're onto something here about the importance of building relationships between families and schools is about care and communication. 
And our next question for you, Lydia, really extends those ideas. Because when we think about that sense of caring, the carer needs to feel really warm toward the subject of their care. And the person who's being cared for also has to understand and feel that caring emanating from the carer. So what are some of the best ways you've found to authentically connect with families to show them how much as a teacher you truly do care about their child and about them? I think one of the first things that's so important to do is to understand that families are the expert of their child, no matter what grade. I think it's important that teachers introduce themselves, that they ask families how they want to communicate, and then they ask them this all-important question, tell me about your child. Tell me about your hopes and dreams for your child. Tell me what areas you think your child really struggles with. Tell me what you're really proud that your child can do. What are your child's strengths? Families have a lot of knowledge, and if we can pull some of that from them and use that in the classroom, then that is a great way to connect with them. In our chapter, my colleague and I, we wrote specifically about how to connect with families and how to communicate with families. And what we have found in our research and what we do is that the more we can ask families what it is they want and how they choose to communicate, the more connection we're going to make. I think the other thing that I have to remember is that families don't always operate on school hours. So making those connections might mean that you might have to stay a little bit later or come a little bit earlier or reach out at a different time so that you can connect with them. It is so important to know that sometimes the teacher's job is not just confined to those hours that are in your contract, not to make teachers feel that they have to devote their whole 24-hour life to school, but to take those moments where you really need to reach out to a family and connect with them in that way that you might not be able to if you were limiting yourself to only certain hours of the day. It's also imperative that you take the knowledge that you gain from those relationships and use that knowledge when you're planning lessons or when you're planning for your particular student. Knowing things about them will help them become more engaged in the work that you do in the classroom. Oh, I so agree with you. Thinking about the knowledge that families instill in their children. In the literature, they call it funds of knowledge. Like families have these funds of knowledge, these pieces of information that assist a student in making connections. It's the background that they bring into the classroom. And the more that we're connected with families, the more we understand a little bit about that we make authentic overture to understand the community, the culture, the experience, the language, the better off the student is because we have a better knowledge of what their background knowledge is. And so then when we're trying to teach a student something brand new that might be very different than they've ever experienced, we can use the information from their family, their community, their background knowledge to make connections. And that's where the magic happens, right? 
And then what that does is not only help the student, it helps strengthen the relationship between the family and the school because they feel like they count and they matter. As our classrooms are becoming more and more diverse, it is extremely important that we connect with families and hear their stories and bring that knowledge that they share with their children and help children use that information to make connections in the content that they're learning. What challenges might new teachers face in developing family school connections? I think the biggest challenge is making assumptions that the families always operate in the same form and manner. If you're really good with texting and that's how you like to communicate, that might not be the way the family wants to meet. I think another challenge is, is making assumptions that everyone's had the same experience that you've had or that I've had because they haven't. How are you going to reach out to the family? How are you going to share information that you're teaching the students? How are you going to ask families to maybe come in and share some of their information? The other thing that I think can be a challenge for new teachers is this idea that sometimes families aren't involved or engaged because they might be working two and three jobs just to put food on the table. It's really important to leave your personal perspective, leaving your biases and your experiences at the door and greeting each individual as though they have something to share with you because they do. I do think that that's a huge challenge that can create a barrier between connecting with families when we have our own personal opinions or biases. I would agree with that 100%, Lydia. As it appears that we're beginning to come out of the pandemic, things have changed a lot since that 2019-2020 school year. What does building family and school relationships look like in today's world that might be different from pre-pandemic? We have spent the last year and a half, two years, and the table has turned in the past, we would tell families, this is what I need you to do. This is how you can be involved. This is how you're engaged. Now, all of a sudden, when the doors were shuttered and the schooling shifted to the home, we got to see a different perspective and teachers needed the families to help. They were the coaches at home and providing instruction. First, it was kind of messy, but then it got better So now that we're shifting back to being in buildings and interacting in a more traditional school sense, school day, I think the thing that we need to do is we need to remember that we relied on those families to provide instruction and they were very capable of doing that and supporting their children. Were they all 100% successful? No. Are you and I always 100% successful? No understanding that they were in that role, that we can still bring them back to the table. My fear is that we're going to try and go and do things business as usual, which is you can be involved family, you can be engaged family under these circumstances. I would hope that as we continue moving forward post-pandemic, that we would embrace families with the same gusto that we did when we were all learning from home. My hope is that as new teachers, that you will continue that process of engaging with families. 
I really do hope that we don't try to put families back in that pre-pandemic role that they just come out for family conferences or to come to programs at school, that we still, as teachers, see them as the partners that they have been all through this pandemic. Oh, I agree with you. I'm like nodding my head. I'd like to retrace a bit of a conversation we had earlier. You started to talk about the piece that you and your colleague wrote about family school relationships. Tell us more about that short piece and also tell us how new teachers can use the downloadable resource that the two of you created that they can begin using right away in their classroom. It's called Hello, Are You There? Strategies for Communicating with Families. It's this idea of thinking about your own perspective and understanding that not everyone has the same perspective. We talked just a little while ago about introducing yourself, and that's a theme that runs through our piece, how to reach out and connect. We include in here several ways that you can reach out to families and different strategies in terms of using technology and apps that might be more family friendly and or school friendly and administrator approved friendly. So we offer some of that. We actually included something called a tell me all about me postcard. And it's a template that you can download and it shares a little bit about who you are. So the beginning of the school year, if you're going to start teaching in 2022 in the fall, or maybe you're lucky enough, you'll be doing a little teaching this summer. One of the first things that you can do is reach out to a family and then introduce yourself, putting it on a postcard and sending in who you are, what's your contact information. If you have a class website or a web link that families can learn learn a little bit more about you. You know, everyone's making videos nowadays are so easy to make. If you had a class link that led to your video that they could see your face. We asked that you put your actual face and your name in there. We also included areas such as sharing what your favorite author is and your favorite book or why you went into the field that you went into in teaching. How can they reach you? What are you anticipating in this new school year? And any additional information that you think is relevant for a family member to know. By reaching out and putting a name with a face, it adds a sense of humanness. That's our downloadable. What's so great about the article that you did, the piece is so readable. It's fairly quick read, and then individuals can get the free download. They can use the template that you created, so they don't even have to do the heavy lifting on the layout. They just have to fill in the information and send it on its way. What a terrific way to connect with families. Thanks for sharing, Lydia. Thank you. So Lydia, if you were able to give just one bit of advice, a major mantra about family school relationship building, what would you say to a new teacher? Introduce yourself. Make it your priority to get to know the family. Understand how they want to communicate and be available because not all families meet at the same time. The more that you reach out, and humanize what you do and humanize the relationship between the school and the family, the easier, difficult, or courageous conversations will be. When people have relationships with each other, they can then work problems out. 
But when people don't know each other, it makes listening to somebody else's perspective very difficult. That would be my bit of advice. I guess that's not really one piece, but I think they all kind of blend together. They absolutely do. And that idea of understanding of an issue or a problem from another person's perspective is so important. We only see our side of the story ever, but we have to be open to hearing from other people and to understand how they see a situation as well. That's very wise advice from you, Lydia. So if our listeners would like to get some more of that sage advice or would like to follow up on something that you've said, how can they contact you? They could reach me at L-G-E-R-Z-E-L-2, as in the symbol two, at N-I-U dot E-D-U. Please reach out. I have other tools and strategies and would love to share with you. Thank you, Lydia, for just not only spending time with us, but we really appreciate your willingness and encouraging listeners to contact you and to have conversations about how they can build family school connections. Email her with your questions. The information that she has shared today is elaborated on in the new teacher's guide to overcoming 10 common challenges. And the book, as we've described, is also filled with advice from pre-K through 12 teachers from rural suburban and urban schools, as well as over a hundred downloadables that new teachers can use right away in their own classrooms. Check it out. In addition to the book, we also have an online community of support through these podcasts, Twitter chats, and Instagram posts and live events. As a podcast listener, we also hope that you will subscribe or follow this podcast channel. You can also email us at thenewteachersguide at gmail.com to comment on this episode and or to share ideas for future podcast topics. Finally, we hope that you'll follow us on Twitter and DM us at newteachertalk1. And the same is true for Instagram. You can find us at newteachertalk. And remember, as a new teacher, we are here to help you. <music>